HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by the Christmas Tree Farmers Association of New York, partnering with Grow NYC on a pilot project to make farm fresh trees and wreaths available at green markets. For more information, visit ChristmasTreesNY.org. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. To Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, Erica Weitz, your host, who just ran here from the subway because it was a mess out there. Oh, do you wake up in a warm bed every morning? Yeah, right? Most of us do. Warm bed. Live in a permanent structure with a solid roof? Probably, if you're listening to this. You have a fridge full of food, half of which you probably don't even know you have. It's probably going bad. Stuff you bought years ago that you forgot about. How about clothes? Do you have a choice of clothing items to wear, or do you just wear the same thing every day? Do you have some form of employment or some other source of income? Like so many people here in New York who, they have income, but it's not from a job. What about an acceptable level of basic education? You know, what the, one that left you moderately literate and functionally numerate. You know, the basics. Do you have any or all of those? Well, then congratulations, because that means you're an American. Yes, you were lucky enough to be born in or moved to this country, which means you're doing better than 75% of the world's population. It's true. Now, not as well, of course, as most Northern Europeans or New Zealanders or Canadians. Those guys, in terms of the social safety net... They've got us beat, and in terms of feeling secure that getting sick won't bankrupt you, or that actually paying for any education past the basic freebie is a possibility, they've got it way better than us. But still, altogether, we've all got it way better than the bulk of Earth's humans. Think about it. Now, I like to remind myself of that, especially around this time of year, 
when there's so much abundance and so much stuff being moved around. And I like to also remind myself of that when I'm doing things like whining about how Trader Joe's has run out of the almonds that are half salted because I don't want the unsalted, but I don't want the fully salted. I only want the half salted and they don't have any left and what's wrong with them. And why can't they always have those almonds that are grown 3,000 miles away and shipped in, but I still whine about it. You know, or when I do entire episodes of the show where I complain about how I can't find the perfect snack, even though I'm living in the richest country in the world, surrounded by an abundance of food in the most complex and rich food city in probably the world. But still, I can't find that elusive perfect snack. It's still a problem, okay? I just, I, nobody's created that perfect snack for me yet. I just want to still mention that. And yet, and yet, and yet, here in America, we can't stop just at that, just at like that sort of given level of comfort that we almost all have. Not everybody, and here in New York, we have a rapidly escalating homeless population. But we can't just stop at that. We can't just be happy with what we have, right? We can't just accept it. We can't stop at our basic needs being met. We can't stop at just accepting our housing and our abundant cheap food and, of course, all its attendant problems that I talk about all the time. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. Our free but flawed and problematic educational system, but free and open to everyone, everyone and anyone who sets foot in the country, who's of school age, is welcome to come to school here, no questions asked, for now, of course, depending on who our next president is. But no, we have to mess with it all, we have to tweak it, we have to alter it, we always have to get more and get bigger and better and make it different, because... Living in a simple small house or a small apartment and maybe foregoing a car or that second car or maybe not getting the 100-inch TV and being okay with keeping your 40-inch TV is not enough. It's just not enough. This is America. It's like not getting yet another pair of Uggs, as if you would, because all your friends have seven and you only have three. Or maybe just eating simple, basic food straight from its source. Unprocessed, unadulterated, unmodified. Just eating that. And maybe not buying the Mickey Mouse-shaped chicken nuggets at the bulk grocery store. Or the multicolored, rainbow-flavored juice boxes. Just think about it. But of course we can't. We can't, because this is America. And ridiculous abundance is what we do best. We make it big, we make it cheap, we make it available. That's what we do. Bigger, bolder, louder, sexier, juicier, crunchier, creamier, roomier, faster. And, of course, please don't forget, religiousier and sanctimoniousier and just plain stupidier, too. Because we also do that. We make up words. Take Donald Trump. Literally, please. I'm doing a Rodney Dangerfield here, but please, just take him away. Take him far, far, far away where we can't hear his bellicose braying and his overheated racist rhetoric anymore. Just take him as far away as, far away as you can and leave him there like an abandoned pet. I wouldn't even do that to a pet, but I would do it to him. Far out in the desert, leave him to die like a scene out of Breaking Bad. Just leave him there to be eaten by scorpions. Let's do that. And hope he doesn't find his way home by some miracle because he's the ultimate symbol of all of this he's he he's what we've created 
a fictionalized TV character created from fear and hate and rhetoric being slurped up, just sucked up, just inhaled like a giant pink-faced slushy, being spoon-fed to America's basest, most fearful, frantic white haters. He makes George W. Bush look benign, and I totally hated that guy's guts. So that's pretty scary. He makes me miss Mitt Romney, actually, because at least Mitt Romney was polite and pretended that he liked everybody. Mitt Romney was a good faker. You know, as if we don't have enough to worry about, right? What with more mass shootings per day than days elapsed in the last year. GMO salmon about to hit the market shortly, unlabeled as GMOs, thanks to the corporate-embedded FDA. And my dentist of 20 years getting arrested last week for meth use and distribution and child porn. And two other things I don't even want to talk about because it's so disturbing because he was my dentist and he had his hands in my mouth twice a year for 20 years. That was your dentist? That was my dentist, Dr. Wolf. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I know. I was supposed to go there right from here last Tuesday. I know, Jack's falling off his chair out there. Yes, my dentist, my beloved Dr. Wolf. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> I know, that's how I felt. Yeah. With all that going on, all of that and Dr. Wolf, you would think people would be more focused on the important stuff, right? But no. People are angry about things like a cup, the Starbucks cup, or... That the Christmas tree Reese's Pieces, right? There's a, not Reese's Pieces, Reese's peanut butter cups. The Christmas version, shaped like a tree, doesn't actually look enough like an actual tree. That people think that the Reese's peanut butter cup Christmas tree version looks more like a turd. And actually, they they do. Because I looked it up and I looked at the pictures. And the ones on the ads have pictures of these very crisp fully shaped pointed Christmas tree outlines. But the ones that come out of the package actually do kind of look like, you know, chocolate covered peanut butter poop. So I guess people have a right to be angry about that, right? Because false advertising. And if you're going to get angry about anything, may as well get angry about that. Not like that your dentist was having sex with animals in meth-fueled parties. Allegedly. Allegedly. But is the Reese's Christmas tree poop-shaped candy... CNN worthy? Is that headline news? Really? Do we take our candy so seriously? While it basically kills us with obesity and diabetes and heart disease, we're taking it that seriously? Are we that are we that obsessed with it? It's like people are saying, well, if it's going to kill me, it may as well be pretty. Right? Instead of saying, if it's going to kill me, maybe I should buy a grapefruit instead. You know, just an idea. And speaking of Mitt Romney, who I mentioned a minute ago, Utah, his adopted home state, remember? I know he's a Mormon, but he was governor of Massachusetts. Massachusetts, a northeastern liberal progressive state, where he instituted a statewide socialized medicine program. Remember that? Uh Uh-huh. And it worked. Well, remember that? Yeah. And it's still working. Now, Utah, which is Mormon ground zero, basically is the soda drinking capital of the U.S., specifically diet soda, but the soda drinking capital. And Utahns, I think that's what they're called, Utites, Udians, they are the top sugar consumers in the U.S., as a matter of fact. 
The Brigham Young University bookstore has the biggest candy counter in the USA. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Because why? Because Mormons. Because Mormons, in case you're unaware of this, who's not, but I don't know. They shun caffeine and alcohol, all stimulants and alcohol. So sugar becomes their drug of choice. Mormons are sugar junkies. They are total sugar addicts, although they also love their Diet Coke. It's very interesting. Utah is also the number one consumer of Diet Coke in the U.S. also. Oh, but you say Diet Coke has caffeine. How do they get around that one? Well, I asked that when I was out there a few years ago at this hiking spa that I've gone to a few times, and the women all just, they kind of just brushed it aside. They're like, yeah, it's okay. As long as it's not coffee, we're all right. They actually referred to Diet Coke as their own mother's little helper, which was what Valium was first marketed as back in the Betty Draper days. But those Utah moms, they don't need a sedative like Betty did and her crew. Now, Betty and her her gang, they just chain-smoked and pounded the Maxwell house all day to stay buzzed enough to function. And then they drank the cooking sherry and popped a little yellow pill in the afternoon to calm themselves down enough to stifle their rage at their husbands enough to at least function, despite the rage, at dumping them in the suburbs and leaving them for their secretaries. Megan Calvey, I'm looking at you, girl. You know who you are. No, no, no. Those... Those Utah moms, they need a stimulant. They need stimulants because they all have like eight kids and run marathons and run their own businesses. Or at least the ones that I met who run the hiking place that I went to. And seriously, I truly do not get the whole Mormon thing. It's like a made-up pretend religion as opposed to real religions, which aren't made up and pretend. And it really is a suppressive sexist cult, unlike most of the world's major religions, which are not suppressive sexist cults. But... Those Mormons are actually pretty industrious people. I got to give them that. Everyone I met was super hardworking, hence the need for Diet Coke. Now, I did a show all about this topic a few years ago, back in April of 2012, a show that was basically about diet soda and artificial sweeteners, after I had spent a week with a few such of those women hiking with them in Utah and observing them in full throttle Diet Coke addiction mode. It was amazing, I have to tell you. The show, not the women. I mean, they were, I, they were pretty good. They, this one, she has like five kids, and she climbs mountains and does like ultra marathons and runs a business. Maybe there's something to the Diet Coke. I don't know, but the show is amazing. Okay, now oddly, and so weirdly and coincidentally, as things happen in my life, just this morning, I got an email from those very same hiking spa people, the same couple who run. That place have now opened a new location, and they're running a 50% off special this month. And even though it pains me to think about giving my money to anyone in a religious cult, it is really beautiful out there in Utah in the winter, and I really miss hiking so much when we're not up a tiny bungalow. And seriously, who can resist such a good discount? I mean, 50%, it's very tempting. But the food at that place is so bad, so, so, so bad, which is kind of the point because you're there to lose weight. It's a fitness spa. And, you know, I could always lose a couple pounds. I'm going to Mexico in January, so, you know, I could lose a couple pounds. It's so complicated. Why do I have to make these choices? Why am I faced with all these daily choices of do I give my money to the Mormons and do I go to Utah to go hiking? What am I going to eat while I'm there? The food is so bad, but maybe I'll lose weight because I'm, and then I'm going to go to Mexico. Why do I have to make so many choices? 
You see, this is it. This is exactly what I was talking about in the beginning of the show. Here I am whining about whether to spend thousands of dollars to go thousands of miles to have some blonde cult member march me up and down the canyons of Utah and feed me dry chicken breasts and steamed zucchini and then make me lift weights for three hours by choice. And I'm kvetching about it, about having to make that choice. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah. Sign me up because it's not like I can't just get on a plane and go to Utah by myself and hike around all day by myself and then buy bad food at night by myself. No, I need the structure of it all. You see my point again? We are some seriously spoiled people. We're frivolous. We're foolish. We're indulged. And I don't even make very much money these days for a New Yorker. I mean, seriously, if you saw my tax return from last year, you'd be surprised. Uh Uh-huh. Really. I mean, for a New Yorker that is we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back give jack a chance to recover wonder where your Christmas tree came from? Now you don't have to. New York State-grown Christmas trees are now available in New York City. Trees grown on farms here in New York State are harvested just a few days before arriving to the city. Trees cut close to home stay fresh longer. And trees cut close to home travel less, which reduces fuel consumption of delivery vehicles. Did you know that buying a real tree helps to sustain agriculture in New York State by supporting local farmers and keeping important open space and agriculture production? The Christmas Tree Farmers Association of New York is partnering with Grow NYC on a pilot project to make farm fresh trees and wreaths available at green markets in Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. So when you shop local this holiday season, you can include the tree in that list. For more information and a full list of locations, visit christmastreesny.org. Welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, Erica White, your host. Okay, so in today's New York Times health section, the paper of record, there's an article about how newly reported cases of diabetes across the U.S. are declining slightly, slightly declining, and obesity levels seem to be leveling off slightly. So that's good, right? I mean, that's a good thing. That's something to be positive about. And it's mainly been attributed to declining soda consumption rates. Yay, which I've talked about a lot here, which is good, too. Because a big F you to the soda industry, I hope you all go down the giant flushing suck hole of history. We don't need you, okay? And in the article, they quote a woman in Alabama, which, by the way, is the most diabetic state in the U.S., as opposed to Utah, which is the most diet coke-consuming and sugar-consuming state in the U.S., This woman in Alabama was interviewed because 
she got scared after she started seeing all her family members having to get their arms and legs amputated and going blind and all that stuff from diabetes complications. So she cut back her Coke consumption. She changed the way she ate and she cut back her Coca-Cola consumption from 50 cans a week. 50. Five zero cans of Coke a week. That's seven a day. Uh-huh. Plus one. To seven a week. Seven a week. Just seven a week. Benign. Which, in my humble opinion, is still seven too many. And then guess what? Guess what happened? She lost 42 pounds and isn't diabetic anymore. Huh. Hard to figure. No, it's not. Why is that shit still still legal to sell to people? Why is soda not being treated like cigarettes? Warnings on the labels. People missing entire limbs and going blind. I, I don't get it. But anyway, I suppose that's good news. Diabetes levels are slightly declining. And some woman in Alabama gave up her 50 cans of Coke a day. Okay. And so speaking of soda and Mormons, as we were... In yesterday's edition of the Paper of Record, the Times, FYI, where I get all my information from, there was an article about a lawsuit that is raging in Utah, because we were speaking of Utah, about two Utah companies, Swig and Sodalicious. Swig and Sodalicious, two different Utah companies. Now, have you ever heard of either of these chains? No, you wouldn't, unless you lived in the Mormon enclaves of Utah. And in that case, you're probably not listening to my show because you probably hate me. But anyway, Swig and Sodalicious are drinks stores, much like Starbucks. Same kind of concept as Starbucks, but no caffeine because Mormons. Now, they sell gigantic cups of soda, 44-ounce cups of soda, and slushies, and so-called energy drinks, and oh, also gigantic cookies. Okay, But what differentiates them from, say, like a 7-Eleven, which also sells gigantic soda and slushy and energy drinks and cookies and coffee, is that these two chains, Swig and Sodalicious, they customize their giant soda drinks, customize them, with added shots of flavored syrups and dairy products, if you choose, to make what they're calling dirty sodas. Dirty sodas. Ooh, titillating. The dirty being the Mormon version of acting slightly naughty in their squeaky clean seeming lives. Now, I got some of the dirt on actual Mormon naughtiness one night from a very chatty ex-Mormon massage therapist. And ooh boy, the hypocrisy. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay. Now, anyway, adding shots of sweetened, sugary, coconut, strawberry, red velvet, or blue raspberry syrups, among hundreds of other options, to already super sweet soda bases is what makes them dirty. That's what they call dirty soda. And they'll also throw in a shot of half and half or heavy cream, too, to make them even dirtier. And the Mormon kids are loving this shit because this is their Starbucks. They can call it their own. It's done by their own. And they get to customize their drinks, too, just like us. Instead of having half-calf, skim, no-whip, light foam, chocolate chip flavored cherry frappuccino, you can have a drink at Swig or so delicious and customize it. So one regular customer was quoted as thus. 
I go there on my way to work and on my way home from work, said Brittany, B-R-I-T-N-I, by the way, Brittany Perry, 33, a swig fan who works at a prison, a prison, but they're all Mormons, at a prison not far from her preferred soda stop. She orders a dirty Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper with a shot of coconut syrup, in the morning, and a Mountain Dew Fruit Loop, soda and strawberry peach and watermelon syrups in the evening on her way home. Got to keep that sugar buzz elevated all day. Now, this is some seriously sick shit. Like, soda alone isn't sugary gross enough. These freaks are doctoring it up with more, more syrupy nastiness. Nastiness. The soda itself already a corn syrup nightmare. They're now adding shots of sugar to it. Oh, and what about the lawsuit that I mentioned at the top of the segment? Well, the legal fight is over the word dirty. Okay? A lawsuit between the two chains is raging over the use of the word dirty. And who has the right to use it and what it means to describe their doctored-up soda nightmares? As if drinking the soda isn't enough, actual businesses exist to make it worse, to sell it in huge plastic cups that get tossed away onto the beautiful Utah roadside. And now a legal battle is raging over a word. Dirty. So this is what it's come to. This is what we have come to. Members of a religious sugar-addicted cult fighting it out over a word that they're using incorrectly to begin with. Not like a dirty martini or a dirty movie or a dirty bomb. No, dirty soda. Soda's already dirty. Fundamentally, it's sweetened, polluted water. Okay, that's what soda is, polluted water with sugar. Think of the resources. Think of the water, the packaging, the petroleum products that just go in to producing this pointless industrial nightmare business, the soda industry. Then add a pointless, frivolous lawsuit and a shot of coconut-flavored syrup, and you've got America in one big plastic cup, sweetened plastic, pointless, frivolous, empty, caloric junk. This is beyond foodiness, by the way. This is just junk. Now, you know what's actually dirty? How about opening fire on people at a clinic that's providing health care? That's pretty dirty. Or claiming an alliance with 100 black ministers who never made any mention of that alliance. That's pretty dirty, too. Or how about voting to not allow any refugees from terribly war-torn, dangerous countries into your vast nation made up of immigrants? That's pretty freaking dirty, in my opinion. Adding a shot of blue velvet cherry marshmallow Twinkie-flavored syrup to Mountain Dew, which, by the way, is loaded with caffeine. That's not dirty. That's just stupid. Oh, an actual dirt? Like real dirt, which we don't eat nearly enough of anymore, and that lack is probably what's making us sick, fat, and dead. That's not offered as an option at Swig or So Delicious. What if I wanted my dirty soda actually dirty? Like with the red dust from Zion Canyon or maybe the black dust from North Dakota or what about crushed oyster shells from New England? Now that's a place I might patronize. Like last week when I talked about eating coal and cold juice, I think maybe I'm onto something, adding dust and minerals to your soda. If Swig or So Delicious offered an option of let's say, plain seltzer with a sprinkle of barnyard dust and maybe some ground-up dried mushrooms and a shot of anti- and a shot of added probiotic microbes, then we might really be onto something. I would buy a Trenta every morning. I might even invest in the company. I'd join the rewards program. Oh, but wait, I don't actually need 
to buy all that stuff pre-made in a drink. I can just get it by eating actual food, like food from farms where there's real dirt because that's what dirty really means. We are just about out of time on today's Let's Get Real. But, oh, my God, look who's here. We have a visitor. It's Erin Fairbanks, Executive Director of Heritage Radio. Hey. Hi. What are you doing here? Well, we have a visitor down here in the foodiness fallout shelter. I have a little bit of a, like a dirty radar. So, oh. you know, I feel like the dirtiness call went out like a bat signal. And so I came over to like. You saw me tracking the footprints down the stairs to the fallout shelter. Down <laughs> exactly. the ladder. Exactly. <laughs> like pig pen. Something like, like that. Like pig pen. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to, usually my time in this space is spent more like, you know, with my headphones at home, just listening to your voice. So I have to say for all your listeners out there. I feel like I'm getting a real treat here. You are. You know, I bet Pigpen had like the best immune system. <laughs> His gut biome was probably like like a paleo hunter. <laughs> I was like, I did, I did used to have a friend uh, when I worked at the farmer's market who um, was really into the paleo thing and he would casually chat with me at my mar- market stand just drinking um, a glass that was filled with cracked raw eggs. And that just made me really nauseous. And I like runny <laughs> eggs, but that's just beyond. It was a little intense. Well, I would just guess to say, like, um, I did have a covert, a, a, a reason to uh, stop by as well, mm-hmm. which is, as you know, uh, it's December, actually December 1st. Today. I know. Oh, crap. I got to pay my maintenance on my apartment. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. rent check. Oh, yeah, rent. First yeah. of the month. I wish the first always seems like it's going to be like, used to be like a reward when we were kids. And now it's like bills. Mm. kind of like changes changes well and and, you know bills are something that like we obviously have here at the heritage radio Mm -hmm. network big one subtle subtle transition Mm, there nice Um, segue thank you thank (laughs) you (laughs) um and so i'm yeah i'm just stopping by to kind of give an appeal and because i can tout all the amazing things you do through your show and in your work outside of the show in a way that um Maybe it would be offered for you. I don't know. Maybe well, not. But eh. I really think that like what you do in here every week is really special. I mean, I think it's really funny. Thanks. And I feel like you really kind of have your finger on the pulse of this intersection of like what's happening in food and pop culture. Yeah. More, yeah. <laughs> more broadly. Um, and I know Thanks. I know that uh, there's a lot of people out there, myself included, who are regular listeners who really appreciate it. And so uh, I want to say first and foremost, thank you. Oh. You're welcome. Um, Thank you, Aaron Fairbanks. <laughs> but also to, to share with your listeners, because they may not know that we are actually a, a nonprofit radio station. We depend 100% on the support of listeners like you. I'm talking to you um, out there listening in whatever mode you're listening. Um, and, and a small collection of business underwriters that you hear from at the midway break um, or at the top of the show each week. And it is Giving Tuesday, today, December 1st. And for the rest of the month, we are making appeals to hit a Mm. $100,000 goal this December to help us kind of get into 2016 in a good stance and continue to bring great programs like this and the other 35 programs we broadcast from the radio network every week. And I'm asking you, listener, for your help. Um, I hope that you'll consider visiting the website, www.heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the Donate tab and send us a few bucks. Yeah. Um, 
you know. Just a few or more. Just a few. Just a few or more. Think Um, about what you pay every morning for your coffee if you buy it on the outside. Yeah, or what what you spend... Like maybe every month on your coffee, but then like way reduced. Like five dollars a month makes Seriously. you a sustaining a sustaining member. member, and you get that cool bag. Yeah. Right? Um, well, the, it's oh, one twenty no. for. Oh, we have sorry. a bag or t shirts, <laughs> but at the sixty dollar level, we actually have a brand new gift this year. It is a Heritage Radio Network cookbook. It's a little party. Oh, I, I'm in it. Yes. I forgot. We get a recipe from Erica <laughs> and a bunch of other hosts and um, you know supporters and some of our our friends fans and friends alike. Uh, really great kind of way to set up a wonderful series of winter meals or a big winter feast. Mm. Um, and then at some of the other donation tiers, we work with great uh, local businesses like Brooklyn Slate. Uh, we work with this really amazing, um, you know, recycled uh, cup company called Kapow. They make all these wonderful accoutrements for your mason jar. So oh, yeah. if you need a new kind of travel mug, they are definitely the go-to. So you get, you know, some fun gifts, but mostly you get the pleasure of continuing to hear you, Erica. Which is really the best gift of all. Exactly. I mean, I don't take up any space on your shelf. I'm not, like, piling up somewhere in the corner collecting dust. You're the real Marie Kondo of, of like, I gifts. am the Marie Kondo, <laughs> although if you could see my desk... Marie Kondo would have a little Japanese heart attack. <laughs> well, leaving something for us to all work on. Um, but yeah, it, mostly I wanted to say, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, you know, if now is not a good time to give, uh, you know, we'll figure out a way to keep bringing you the the great content that you're used to. But it would be much easier with your help. So please. Yeah. I mean, I'll still be here doing the show. But if you're not a member and you're not donating, you should feel sufficient guilt listening to the show. A little bit of guilt. A lot. Because, a lot. you know. I like it. I've been down here in the fallout shelter for almost six years now by myself doing this. And uh, it's getting a little lonely and the place could use a little sprucing up. And, uh, yeah, you know what to do, people. Come on. Thanks, Erica. Thanks for letting me stop by. Thank you, Erin. See ya. (laughs) Bye. Happy holidays and all that. Anyway, that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Let's get real. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.